Hello there. Welcome to this episode of Four Ghost Conversations. This is your host, Anthony King, and this week I'm going to discuss the third episode from Ahsoka titled Time to Fly. Before we get started, I'm inviting you to join the conversation with us. We can be found on Twitter and Hive at Force Ghost Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok just by searching Force Ghost Conversations. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your listening side of choice. Plus, Force Ghost Conversations is live on Patreon. If you're a fan of the podcast and would like to consider pledging your support, there will be a link in the episode description for you to check out the various tiers offered. Finally, please be sure to check out our Tee Public store to buy some Force Ghost Conversations merchandise. And without further ado, it's time to gather around the campfire for some Force Ghost Conversations. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Force Ghost Conversations. And yes, we are continuing our Ahsoka coverage here, going week by week, episode by episode of this incredible series. But before we get into our episode three conversation, let's talk through some news. Yes, Cloud City Gossip is back for the first time in several months. For our our listeners who may have joined us during the pandemic, Cloud City Gossip is appropriately dubbed as our news section. So if there's any news in the Star Wars, Lucasfilm, or adjacent galaxies, then we will be covering it to some degree in Cloud City Gossip. So this is usually about a couple minutes where we just run through the basic news of the last week, uh, or weeks depending on when the last time I did it was, and then uh, we will get into the main chunk of our episode. So... Let's start off by announcing that Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is now available on Disney+. Plus. If you have not had the chance to see it yet, what are you doing? Go do so now. There is also a new documentary on Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford on Disney+, Plus, which you can watch afterwards. Plus, then you can go back and listen to our episodes breaking down the movie in great length and detail. So you don't want to miss out on all that. So maybe maybe we didn't get a chance to go see it in this theater. Maybe you didn't go to a drive-in to see it like we did here at Force Ghost Conversations. Whatever your way of seeing it, whether it be on your your iPad, your iPhone, or maybe you have a home media entertainment console, now's the time. Put on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and you won't be disappointed. Trust me, it's a great movie. Um, And uh, yeah, that's it on that one. So second... Congrats to Dave Filoni and Carrie Beck on their promotions within Lucasfilm. Dave is now the chief creative officer and Carrie is the head of development. So I look forward to seeing what they cook up in these new positions. And I'm very excited to see just overall what they what they do, um, because they're going to have a bit more of a hand in the creative and the overall choice of the products or the, the projects, I should say, that are coming to fruition. The interesting thing that I'm noticing in this discourse here is that a lot of people are talking about the Star Wars element of it all, but this is a Lucasfilm position, so that obviously would include Indiana Jones, Willow, um, American Graffiti, technically, THX 1138, if they you know want to do anything else beyond the, any of those IPs, they would have a hand in, in that process. So it'd be very intrigued to see what they do beyond Star Wars, beyond the galaxy far, far away, to see what they're able to, to, to cook up overall. But congrats to them, and I look forward to seeing what they are able to do in these new positions. 
Third, the High Republic has now entered phase three. Yes, the release of The Eye of Darkness by George Mann took place very recently. And if you're a fan of The High Republic, I'm hearing that this is a story you cannot miss. Now, uh, seeing that The High Republic is in phase three, that may seem daunting to some uh, folks who maybe not have joined in at any start of a phase for the previous iterations. But no need to worry. Phase one is great. Phase two is great, too. And The High Republic is... a plethora of great stories that I'm sure you can find your entryway into that galaxy very soon. Um, so, or, or easily, I should say not very soon. Cause that's not a, a time thing, but you get what I'm saying here. You'll find a way to get in, just try and probe with this different stories. Maybe do some research on, on the, the different authors and the stories overall, like the, the, the plot blurbs. I've been reading just about everything up to this point in the higher public. I've got the eye of darkness coming very soon. I've got it on order. And I look forward to reading it very as, as soon as possible, frankly, once it arrives. I just finished phase two uh, last week during the Thanksgiving holiday, and it was great. So I can't wait to get back to some of the main characters from phase one, which phase three really picks up right after, soon after the events of the conclusion of phase one. So with that, folks, that is all the Cloud City gossip news that I compiled for this week. We'll be back on the other side of this very short break with our Ahsoka Episode 3 discussion. All right, folks, welcome back. It is time now to get into our Episode 3 discussion of Ahsoka. And this episode is called Time to Fly, and it was directed by Steph Green and written, of course, by Dave Filoni. Time to Fly seems like it's an appropriately dubbed episode for what we got here a lot of it takes place in space (laughs) a lot of it is flying there's a good amount of action in this episode and uh (laughs) i will tell you now i'm gonna spoil because this conversation is gonna be at the end of this episode here but if you were to ask me like as soon as i the episode concluded weeks ago when it first came out i may not have been so high on this episode i might have been probably pretty disappointed that i had to wait another week for an episode given what we got here so the guess the the grand question is is this episode um really like at i don't want to say like at fault but is it a victim of the week-to-week release so we'll, we'll table that discussion for the end here but uh there certainly is a lot to to discuss and talk about within this episode so um I just want to really geek out for a moment here with all of you. How cool is it to see not only just Sabine in live action, but she is training with a lightsaber with Huang, no less, right? This crazy droid that helps put together lightsabers for over 500 years with uh, Jedi younglings that is now passing on some of those trainings and teachings on to Sabine Wren, a character that is known and beloved from Star Wars Rebels, let alone in a show called Ahsoka featuring one of the greatest characters of the galaxy far, far away. I mean, that would just be a great treat to begin with here. But later in the episode two, we get a plethora of other characters from the galaxy far, far away interjected into this story. Chancellor Mothma, yes, Mon Mothma, reprised by Genevieve O'Reilly from Andor and Rogue One and a deleted scene of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> She's Chancellor now. How great is that? Uh, Jason Syndulla, right? The uh, the son of Hera and Kanan. What? 
really that's awesome plus chopper too i mean that's also great we got to see him in episode two but we get to see him a little bit more in this episode um kaz's dad too um uh from uh or uh senator ziono from uh, uh kaz of course kaz ziono from uh, star wars resistance and you get to see his father in in this story and of course he plays a bit more of a role in resistance and and and, and, and it serves a big ma- major part for Kaz's arc in, in that story. Uh, but we get to see him at the forefront of this this episode here as well. So it's really just, it's wonderful that we're now at this point of Star Wars storytelling where we're starting to see a lot of the overlap. This is what you want in a connected, shared galaxy that it is. I know people always have this criticism that whenever they see a character pop up that's from something else they're always like oh the galaxy is too small or they see a planet pop up again like everything has to take place on this story right i've heard that criticism a lot tatooine doesn't have to be in every movie i don't care if it is (laughs) it makes sense that they go back to this place where they constantly like have dealings and, and and these characters come up again right if Chancellor Mothma is important to the story, they will add her <laughs> into the tale. If Hera is important, she'll be there, right? That's why in the Rogue One, you get all those great detail bits of like Rebels references, references to the prequels, references to the original trilogy. This is a shared galaxy, and we shouldn't fault creators if they want to create using characters that already exist in the universe if it makes sense to the story. That's why they have a story group. They're there to kind of help Shepard. Well, this character is off on this planet during this time in our in the story, so it doesn't make sense to use them. Or it does make sense to use them, and then this is how we can kind of help craft that tale together, right? That is the point of shared narratives, shared universes, cinematic tales, all that fun stuff. End of my tirade there. I think you get the point that I'm for having uh, uh, these characters. And if you want to add a new one, great too. That's fine as well. But also don't hinder storytelling if it means including a character that already exists. So now that I've done my geeking out, I want to ask a question here. We see Sabine at the beginning of the episode training. She's kind of relearning some of the basic skills that Ahsoka taught her some time ago before she quit training. Even though Huang is still kind of ribbing her on being the worst Jedi that he's ever seen, the one with the least amount of force use ever, all that great stuff. Is Ahsoka being a good teacher is the question. Is she kind of holding back? I think yes. She's telling her the things that she needs to hear, right? Focus, attention, mastery of the force takes time, discipline. You have to commit yourself to it. The tone just isn't there, though. There's nothing warm about what Ahsoka is saying. It's very dry. It's cold. Nothing like it is an open invitation to Sabine saying, like, you're doing a good job. This is what you need to do as a reminder. Keep working with it. I think if she had told maybe a her own, like, a story of her own experiences with Anakin, right? how she had to deal with, with a similar instance in her upbringing and training. That's how you connect. That's how you forge a relationship. 
the master and apprentice bond needs to be prevalent and strong in order for learning to commence. There needs to be a shared trust with each other. And it doesn't seem like there's trust at all between the two of them. I think that's pretty evident from the material that we're presented with. But it seems like Sabine is at least putting forth an effort to a great degree. She's put up her end of the bargain, if you ask me. she They basically said in episode two, are you in? Now's the time. Join us. You have to start doing X again. And if you want to, to come along. So she's doing that part. No, I get it. It's frustrating. She wants to have a little bit of instant gratification or at least some sense of uh, the the success of the fruits of her labor. But, you know, perhaps Ahsoka could be a bit more welcoming in terms of how she presents herself as 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 uh, as teacher to Sabine during during her struggle and in, in trying to. Uh, at least see that a Jedi opportunity path is, is available for her. So I think Ahsoka is failing her in a bit there. And obviously this, this stuff is going to come up in episodes four five and six, particularly of this series where Ahsoka is clearly feeling the weight and burden of being Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. That is something that she will need to overcome herself and forgive herself for and move on with. Like there's an acceptance that needs to be done there before she like she's not only holding herself back, but maybe she's just afraid to teach because she'd be teaching on the, the lessons of Anakin um, and continuing that lineage, which she feels like she had a part of. She feels like she's, uh, you know, taken on some of, of that. Right. Everything that he's taught is now within her. He turned to that great evil. Is she a part of that great evil too? And those are difficult questions that she's going to confront later on. Right. But like I've mentioned in the first couple of episodes, Ahsoka is certainly stagnating. And the fact that she's not even able to meet 50% or even 25 or even frankly 10%, if you ask me, of the way to Sabine and her training and just to be a supporting mentor figure at this time then we've got a long ways to go. And we're going to talk about those in, in the subsequent episodes when it comes to the series. Um, but she's just certainly distant as a, as a teacher, as a mentor, as, as someone that's supposed to be a, a master of the Jedi arts and the ways of the Jedi, um, even though she's not a Jedi. It's just not connecting and clicking there in the way that it, it could be, which is a little frustrating for me. Now, I want to say Kaz's dad is a, a, a real tool. <laughs> uh, and that's putting it plainly there. They did, you know, that whole council when Hera is basically saying that Thrawn, there are rumblings of Thrawn, all that stuff. And they're just picking and prodding at her. Like, yeah, they're outliers in the system. Um, there's people at every level of the galaxy of the galactic new Republic that are, um, Former Empire allegiances or have allegiances to the Empire and formerly. Um, it's just it's just wild to me how a general, a trusted general from the uh, Galactic Civil War is kind of disregarded. 
for clearly seeing a problem, raising it, and then told just like, don't worry about it. It's fine. How could they have been so blind to what is going on around outside of them? Maybe, frankly, some of the Shadow Empire elements have infiltrated this cabinet, too. Which is horrible. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy to think that, you know, we when I used to think of the post before Disney bought Star Wars and they did episode seven, eight and nine. I had such high hopes in my head. I don't know there was the EU legends and all that stuff. But if you weren't into that, you just had your own headcanon to create the story for how they rebuild a new Republic after episode six. And that, you know, I read the Thrawn trilogy and many other books, so I knew what was going on in the in Legends. But there's also part of me that was like, yeah, George doesn't necessarily believe in these stories. So like in my head, and I assume in his head too, they're doing XXX in terms of uh, creating this new Republic after the events of Return of the Jedi, which I always had high hopes for. So to see such ludicrous idiocracy permeate into the the bastion of the the new republic system it's just wild to me how they could just let it foster and grow and we saw that in the mandalorian especially i believe it was episode three or four when they did uh with uh with pershing showing about how the the clearly out the the system is broken when it comes to rehabilitating former uh, imperial officers and, and and troopers into the new republic and they're at every level and they've this is how you get to the first order this is how you get to the heir to the empire problem that's going to be with thrawn later on this is how you get to um, the events of episode seven where you literally see the new republic get destroyed on hosnian prime by star killer base the, the the through line is already there and again it's a little frustrating to see this come to play but I did love seeing Hera lose her cool, especially when pushed on the, the Ezra point, right? Where they're like, is this just a personal crusade to go see, like, track down potentially the whereabouts of Ezra Bridger? Do you just want New Republic resources for your own personal gain? So seeing her lose her cool there goes against kind of the, some of the quote-unquote wet blanket criticisms, in my opinion, of this character where she's just a mom that kind of tells the kids no they can't do this when you know, right the kids meaning Ezra Sabine Seb uh uh you know telling them not to get into trouble and to do all that stuff kind of a, a one or two dimensional level character where she's just a mom and nothing else right she is uh showcasing a bit more of range and depth if you ask me when it comes to to that stuff there so the cup was a, a great comedic bit again um, I did like the the training kind of montage again, going back to the Soka Sabine, or not so, the, yeah, the Soka Sabine kind of training portions there. The 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 lesson there is important, where training and focus are what truly defines one's sec, uh, success. So I think that is true to all aspects of of, of life. You have to start small, be patient, be diligent, give your best effort, be okay with failing at first. You're not going to get it 100% right every time. But keep trying again and again. And if it works, great. Keep going. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, also try to keep going. Tinker around. Change things up. This is where it gets great about Star Wars again, is that it is still at its core 
a coming of age story for 12 year olds and for the 12 year old in each and every one of us, right? This is a mythology taking place in a galaxy far, far away, a fairy tale, if you will, that allows people to see situations and, and characters put into situations that are reminiscent of, of our world in some way. And then to, in a safe way, learn an, an appropriate lesson that is good for all of life. That is mythology at its, at its core. So at the end of the day, when it comes to us learning a new skill or keeping perseverance, when it comes to uh, everything that we do, whether it's work, life, building relationships, training and focus are what truly defines one's success. Now, most of the episode after that involves getting to the Denab system and then some great action bits with Ahsoka's ship getting chased by Shin Hadi and Merrick, finding the big ring that the hyperdrive was meant for from episode two that will eventually take uh, Morgan Elsbeth, Balin Skull, Shin Hadi, and others to uh, Peridia to find Thrawn. Now you, we see this thing. We have some great action sequences in like the space battles in above the planet which certainly had some great new hope vibes and i found that the coolest part of the action in this episode for me was ahsoka out in space literally <laughs> putting all caution to the wind going out there and being bait basically for these um fighters allowing hu yang and sabine to kind of fix the ship a bit more so that they can um after they kind of get get shocked by the uh, the ion cannon, I think to um, that knocks out their power, so that they can get energy back into the ship, so they can finally land it later on because they've taken some some big hits against uh, those uh, uh, sh the ships of Merrick and and Shin Hadi, and of course the um, the huge ring, <laughs> the huge ring that is eventually going to take off. Um, Frankly, it was, it was something straight out of the Clone Wars, uh, just seeing Ahsoka out in space. We've seen that with several um, different episodes of the Clone Wars, too. And, and even some Jedi can even take survive. And Force users, too, can survive outside, as we've seen in The Last Jedi and for the Clone Wars, too, um, in space without um, helmets on. Also, Rebels, too, um, with uh, the battle of, at the end of Season 3 um, with, with Chopper Base and all that stuff. Um, so... Great callbacks. It's certainly Filoni at his best, right? It's it's a uh, especially when we, we get to see live action Purgle again too when they land on the ship, or not the not the ship, but they land the ship on the planet there. And uh, again, this is all straight out of Clone Wars Rebels. It's such a, a a mix, right, of a New Hope clashing with the new elements of Filoni's brain. You're seeing all these elements: the Rebels characters, Purgle. New characters created for this series, Balin Skull, Shin Hadi, uh, a little bit of the Mandalorian stuff too with Morgan Elsbeth, the the Shadow Empire, Andor with uh, Mon Mothma and Resistance with Kaz's dad, mixing in with the, like the, the 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 tenor and tone of a New Hope, see like space dogfight sequences. Right? I almost expected Sabine to say, great kid, don't get cocky. <laughs> um, 
all that mixed together and intertwines into a great, what we call, I guess, in my opinion, a Star Wars story. Now the ship lands and Balin Skull says to Shin Hadi, basically go and, and take Merrick and, and find them where they landed and make, you know, just to ensure that there is no problems with them taking off. And that's where the episode ends. Kind of ends just abruptly on a cliffhanger. And I got to tell you, when the episode came out, I was not thrilled with the ending right there. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. It, the episode is really quick. It clocks in barely at 30 minutes, I think, with uh, the credits and all that. Well, once you take out the credits and, and the intros and all that stuff. It's a very fast and quick episode. It's a quiet episode, too, at times. There isn't a whole lot. And then a lot of the last 10 minutes is just space dogfighting. So to have waited a full week after the two episodes to get this one and then to, to know that there's some going to be some great action sequences probably in the next one, I was just seething, seething to get to the next episode. My patience was just non-existent at that point, which is my fault entirely. I'll admit that. I could have been better about all of those aspects overall. But... I didn't, and that's how I was feeling at the time. Watching it two more times and, a, and another time in preparation for this episode here, knowing the full story arc and letting time to sit with it was a great thing. Because if I had gone on the microphone after watching it that first time, I may not have been so positive as we are right now. <laughs> Which leads me to that question that I posed at the beginning of this episode here. Is this episode perhaps a victim of the week-to-week -week release? I think it I think it was, at least for me at the time. There's nothing wrong with this episode. It is very fine. <laughs> and and not saying fine is a is a bad thing too. It's a good episode. It's a lot of fun. There's humor. There's action. There's great mythological mythological storytelling. There's a lot of inter interconnected characters that show us that there's a larger story taking place here. It hits all of the checkmark beats that you would want. Except for that ending there, which just ends so abruptly, and then knowing I have to wait a full seven days in order to see the next episode, which I know is going to be another banger one. <laughs> I was just kind of like leaving. I felt unsatiated as a fan. However, if it were all released at once, or you're watching them in full succession, right, like I can do right now, I wouldn't have been so bothered because I would just go roll from the credits into the next one. So I think this is where you kind of can think through like, all right, this is where the week to week could be hindered. I think overall the discussion online was great. People had, had loved this episode a lot and they found the new hope elements to be great and to see some of those connective tissues between Rebels and Clone Wars into this in a live action sense was, was fully appreciated. But that just abrupt cliffhanger there, there was there couldn't have been another five minutes of, of an extra battle to lead on or something like that beyond that. It just it really rubbed me the wrong way in, in, in that sense. But now that I'm able to just kind of sit, I've processed through the emotions of it. I can see and appreciate the full story that was meant to be on display here. And, and, and typically that, that can be the downside of when you are in this space of conversation, you 
you you miss that nuance there when you have to get in front of uh, and t- and tell your theories and thoughts and explain your 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 ideas to to an audience. It, it it can be hindering when it comes to that point and all that stuff there. So I think that's an appropriate conversation to have, and we're going to have some guests on over the next couple of weeks to continue our Ahsoka conversation. So be sure to continue to listen and and keep up with our Ahsoka coverage here as we go week to week on Forest Ghost Conversations. Now, of course, you can always find us. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcatcher is, please continue to listen to us on those platforms. And also leaving us a rating and review goes a long way to helping us beat the algorithm and to find more people to grow the the listener base and, and continue to have great conversations among the Forest Ghost Conversations campfire team that uh, we have here. If you want, you can also continue the conversation with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, I think I've mentioned them all. <laughs> or Maybe I mentioned, didn't mention Hive. But we're on all those platforms, and we'd love to continue having conversations about Ahsoka, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Willow. Let's talk about it all on, that, on those platforms there. So just search Force Ghost Conversations, and you'll find us in some capacity. Also, if you want to support the podcast in other means... We have a Patreon site where for as little as $1 a month, you can get access to a ton of Force Ghost Conversations goodies, uh, the chance to ask questions on the show, to share experiences, the ability to um, get extra episodes a month of Force Ghost Conversations. Those are all at your disposal on our Patreon site. So just click the link in the episode description and uh, you'll find the, the our link to our site. And uh, you can search for the various tiers that are available and find one that maybe supports the way that you want to give back to Force Ghost Conversations. We also have a Tee Public store where you can find merchandise. Again, a link is in the episode description um, where we have T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, iPhone cases, really anything you can think of in terms of merchandise, pillows, for goodness sake. Uh, and, and a Force Ghost Conversations logo can be put on that. We've got uh, our Star Wars-inspired logo, our Indiana Jones-inspired logo, our Willow-inspired logo. We're probably going to have some more designs in the coming months here, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, we've got so much stuff coming in the Forest Ghost Conversations catalog that uh, I think you're going to be very excited for. So until next week, folks, thank you again for listening. May the Force be with you. Take care. Mm-hmm.